Hello everyone, this is Strati Papa Giorgio and Father Michael Tischel and we are An Imperfect, An Imperfect Podcast. Podcast. Father Michael, you know, here we are. <laughs> here we are. So, you know, this this is a there's a huge topic that I think, um, you know, a huge topic that I think is so important for the youth, and not just the youth. Obviously, it's trans. You know, it's mm-hmm. all ages. Um, but what is faith, and 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 how can how can we understand what faith really means as something we implement in our lives right. as rather than just an abstract concept right that faith right how can it become what real is it? real you know um, potent powerful potent powerful and 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 and, and meaningful meaningful yep you know great great questions um well i think i think a, a helpful place to start when we talk about faith uh, is probably dispelling any kind of misconceptions as far as you know what faith is not and and sort of sort of common common um, understandings or perceptions or ideas about faith that maybe you know we we throw around and are ultimately unhelpful and kind of leading us away from the real central core of of yeah. our understanding of faith. So, yeah. you know, when I think about faith, a lot of times I cringe. Mm. Um, and I don't cringe because cringe. I'm, I'm a, a faith hater, a faith hater <laughs> or an agnostic, a crypto agnostic within oh, the Orthodox <laughs> church, just to, just to kind of name that very clearly. Uh, I am, Make I'm, that abundantly clear that you, Father Michael, I, Father, <laughs> Father Michael is uh, not a agnostic, a crypto agnostic. <laughs> Um, nope. Uh, definitely, definitely want to be here. Right. Um, <laughs> and believe. And believe. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, yeah. So, so when I hear the word faith, um, so why do you cringe? Yeah, I cringe because, um, I think there are a lot of ways to understand faith that are unhelpful. Uh, let's start just with one, uh, for instance, I think faith is often associated with ideology. Mm-hmm. I I'm a big believer in recycling. I'm a big believer in, um, you know, making sure that ev- that the poor are taken care of. I'm a big believer in this and that. You know, my cause, my belief, my my mm-hmm. ideology. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's important. It's kind of a principle that I believe in. I try to adhere to, but it's static, mm-hmm. and it is an idea. Mm-hmm. It's 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 and it's something because it's static and because it's an idea it's something that i can assent to i can i can i can sort of check off and in many ways sort of put to the side and kind of put um, aside and and not have it really impact my my everyday and i think existence. and i think uh, another thing in the wider wider the broader sense of the world that we live in um, the, the the people talk about faiths Yes. Plural. Right. And there are many faiths, you know, and, and everybody has one or, you know, there's Islam, there's Buddhism, 
Right. These are all faiths. Yeah. And they kind of take faith, the word faith, and make it a... Kind of a religion. Or kind a... of religion, a hashtag. Let's <laughs> <laughs> bring it, let's make it real. Gotta love the hashtag. <laughs> Gotta love the hashtag. Uh, love Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> so... <laughs> So you know that that whole that whole thing, um, you know, it, it it's been trivialized such an extent in our culture. It, you know, I don't know Western society. I I know at least here in the United States, it's the, so trivialized and so overused. And there are other things, other words as well that have been so overused in this culture. But faith, one of the most powerful things, one of the deepest things that we were just talking about right before we went on um, it has been trivialized. Yes. Yeah. So that tri- that, that uh, trivialization, that kind of, you know, over-familiarity with a term maybe, yeah. you know, where it's just like it's thrown around. It's kind mm-hmm. of, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of, we've, we're burnt out on. Yeah, you watch on, the news, you're a person of faith, right? Yeah, right. yeah, I'm a person of faith. Right, yeah, exactly. So it's person like of faith. A person of faith. It's some, <laughs> someone who believes. Right. Well, who doesn't believe? Sure. That's really the question is, I mean, when it really comes down to it, what is belief? And and could we say that it not it inherent, isn't it fundamental to the human experience? Mm-hmm. What do I mean? It's not even a matter of whether you're religious, non-religious, whether you're a theist, an atheist, an agnostic, whatever. Do you, whether you believe or not. I think belief, faith, is so much more fundamental to our human experience um, than just whether you're religious or not. I think it has to do with being able to live and move and operate when, while not having all of the data points in front of you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, here we are, we're living, you know, I'm, I'm about to board an airplane <laughs> and, um, you know, you have faith that plane's not going to fall. Yeah, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a. <laughs> I don't know how it goes engineer. up there. Yeah, like I don't. I don't know all of the data points, right? Sure, sure, sure. What allows me, in my right mind, to step foot on that plane <laughs> and believe that this huge hunk of metal is going to go bulleting through the air at thousands of miles in you know high, and that That's, we're going to uh, actually make it to Boston where we planned to arrive. That's a great metaphor for, for the whole do- for the beginning of this yeah. discussion. You know, you, you don't have to be a religious person to right. have faith. Right, sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, even an atheist can have faith that there is no God. Yeah, you could have faith that there is no <laughs> God that you can't see, right, can't either see. way. Right. So it's like you have to believe one way or the other, and you have to have faith that that pilot, that those engineers who crafted yeah. this, this airplane, you know, you have to have faith in something. Sure. Oh, right? Yeah. You can't not have faith in something. Well, you'll never leave your house. Yeah. And even then. Even then, you're having faith, faith in your fear. the house will fall on you. Well, yeah, that. <laughs> and you're having faith in your fears that are preventing Oof. you to leave the house. Right? Like, yeah. So there is a level of faith that's just on the level of thought and of, Absolutely. of accepting certain thoughts. Right. I mean... You know, any any psychologist, especially those who deal with like cognitive behavioral therapy and things like that, uh, will tell you that it's all about these automatic thoughts that come into our consciousness that we can't necessarily choose one way or the other. But what we do and are able to choose is whether we believe them or not. Mm. So it's like you see those bumper stickers that mm-hmm. actually often I think they, it comes from the whole realm of cognitive behavioral therapy is don't believe everything that you think. 
<laughs> right. Right. We think Don't a lot of stuff that you think yeah, sure. about yourself, about oh, you know yeah. your your own value, your own right. Like you have sure. all these negative thoughts, and 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 the more that we mature, the more we realize that as human beings living in this broken world, our thoughts tend towards the negative. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And negative certainties about mm-hmm. the world. Right. Yeah. We are. I am certain that things aren't going to work out. I'm certain that I'm a horrible person. I'm certain that I'm stupid. I'm certain that I'm this. I'm certain that I'm that. And most of it is negative. Yeah. Right. And that thought has automatically entered into my consciousness. Yeah. And without almost knowing it, I've believed it. Mm-hmm. There is a, a level of belief mm-hmm. that happens on a very subtle, fine level that allows me to yeah. hook on to that thought. Right. So the question is, is, is belief, is it a religious thing? Is it not religious? No, it's fundamental to who we are as human beings. Right. It's, it's basically this action of yeah, it's a, trust, yeah. right? It's a normal human thing. It's a normal human You're thing. born into the world. You believe what you're seeing. You believe right? what you're seeing. You and believe that the world has shapes and colors. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you believe, you know, when you're small, you believe that your mom is always there. Right. So that's, yeah, that's even there these, these very the kind first, of primal. Right, right, right. The first things you believe in are your parents. Your parents and, and the security that they're giving you. Right. And that's like instinct almost. Oh, I mean, that's like, you, sure. you know, right out of the womb. You need that. Right out of the womb, you see the children groping for their mother's. Yeah. For their for their source, their right. their milk source, sure. right? So it's like it's like instinct their to to trust, to trust, um, yeah, to trust the in the security of your parents. Um, faith is an instinct, right? Faith is an instinct. So, so having well, said all of that, right, we go off the the very fact that having faith in having faith period and believing period mm-hmm. is just normal. Right. Everybody was born doing it. Yep. So, so what does it mean to have faith in Christ? Right. And what does it mean to have faith in the next life? You know, right. well, people, what happens after you die? Yeah. You know. Well, and, well, but, and, but, and here, here's 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 a good opportunity to dispel another perhaps misconception about faith. Well, yeah. This is essentially, uh, I think, an, an argument that many folks who are either disenchanted with or vehemently opposed to religious belief or kind of religiosity of any sort sort of throw at religious people right um which is to say that they basically think that religion is mm. an opium right to use marx's mm. the opiate of the masses okay. is is a yeah, yeah, is yeah. a is a, an escapism is a form of of being able to cope with and escape from mm-hmm. the mm. banality and the, the, the reality the reality everything of is nothing meaningless and when you die you're really, over yeah you're done so right so saying basically it really is just there really is nothing after but go ahead believing right it's going to get you through until it's going to get you, you through expire. until the reality happens that you're nothing that you that you that you yeah it's very interesting so so faith as a coping mechanism as a right. fake coping mechanism yeah a placebo right placebo effect. exactly it's the placebo effect. just to get you through this meaningless existence right. so that when you die yeah 
you you know hmm. you'll at least be able to be less agonized until that moment of and i've always i've always you know because um <laughs> i've always wondered like people who say they're atheists you know where do they what do they you know what do, what they, do they believe in what do they or, cling to or what yeah do what they, do they cling to yeah, yeah. well is i it mean just it's their day-to-day jobs or is it just yeah I think that's a complex question. A very complex, maybe for another time. Well, no, no but it's it's very related in the sense that, um, you know, in many ways, you know, being an atheist and or being a believer is is somewhat of a mystery. What 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 leads someone to belief in God, mm-hmm. and what se- leads someone to belief in no God? How do they come to that? I mean, I think you know. There, there are ways in which, you know, there's the poor witness of people of faith, you know, Christians that could sort of turn someone off to the faith. There's our own ego, um, you know, that could say, well, I don't need a God. I, I can do it on my own. Right. right. And then there's simply, and these categories, you know, I'm, I'm using these categories, but they're from um, Abbot George of Gregorio of Blessed Memory. He, he was the one who kind of first... Gregorio on Mount Athos. Mm-hmm. Okay. The monastery. Exactly. Yeah. He was the one who first kind of keyed me into this, these kind of three categories of unbelief. The third is is that God simply hasn't revealed himself to that person yet mm-hmm. um, because God is a living God and doesn't necessarily work on our timing. Um, right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, you know, so it's a complex question and, you know, an atheist would say, well, there's a fourth category, which is just to say there is no God. So that's why I'm an atheist. Well, it's also, you know, important to point out that the atheism that we understand today is pretty recent. Like there wasn't this type of atheism three, four, five, six hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, okay, Buddhism has a form of atheism in the sense that you know, that's a whole other thing. Sure. But it's not quite atheism in the way that we see today. The vast majority of human history, it has always been understood that there is a God. Right. There right. is there are deities. Yes. Whether they be many deities, one deity, two deities, yeah. <laughs> three, yeah. four, whatever. Yeah. That um, belief in the, the supernatural. Supernatural. There right. has to be it's always been a given there is a supernatural. Right. Until the modern day. Yes. Past I don't know, 200 years, maybe. Right. And this it's a very question, good question as far as how we got there. Um, there's a whole a, other there's, topic. And there's a whole other topic, and there's an excellent book out there called um, Secular Age by Charles Taylor, okay. in which he essentially traces the historical progression of secularism from the medieval period, where secularism basically meant it had to do with occupation. It's like you have your religious occupation, mm-hmm. your secular occupation. Sure, sure, so sure. it's like... So then he says, well, then there's this, that's secular one. Secular two is kind of this uh, ability to compartmentalize life into the religious sphere, the secular sphere. And there's this kind of war, um, you know, between religious and secular. And then the secular age in which we live today is a whole nother kind of of secularism that um, basically allows for us to see that there are so many different kinds of faith that, you know, where we li- we all live next to each other and there's this kind of fragilization of faith and belief. Everything's contestable, which is intense and challenging for the person of faith, for the Christian, but it's also j- equally as intense and challenging for the atheist hmm. because you can no longer be sort of a, a, you know, staunch believer 
in any in any level there's always going right. to be this sense of fragility i guess you could say mm-hmm. um so with what charles taylor talks about as far as the fragilization of faith and i'm no expert i haven't delved into his resource i've i've, I've kind of sure. um heard some of his talks and and read around him with with other people that have read him mm-hmm. but as far as this whole notion of the fragilization of faith i think one of the things that it does is it breaks down the barriers between those the believers and non-believers in the sense that everybody's affected by secularism in a negative sense mm-hmm. but if if we're talking about it as far as the growth of christianity or people of faith everybody's affected by it in a positive sense insofar as the non-believers are now haunted by the possibility of belief <laughs> Just, in, uh, just right, as right, just right. as sure, the believers sure, sure, are haunted by the sure, doubt sure, sure, and the sure. possibility of of unbelief, non-believers are haunted by the possibility of, of faith, and there is not this kind of clear like black and white. Right, black and white. Like nothing is like <laughs> never, never, never. Things are almost never. Almost black never. And, there is one and thing, and that's Christ. And it's, yeah, though that's definitely right. Black it's and clear. white. You know, but it's evidence. Um, but but. Yeah, the rest of the world. Yeah, shades. Right, and uh, and so when it comes to faith, you know, the the place that 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 takes <clears throat> me as far as this progression, and and this ultimate fragilization of faith, is actually to a, a beautiful place, mm-hmm. because it's it can be scary if you are sort of a person that needs these kinds of like tightly held certainties mm-hmm. um and kind of like i need to have it all figured out in my yeah, life well wouldn't you say that, that i mean everybody's different but wouldn't you say that faith also something that grows from family sure you know um you know you're raised in a faith in a religion you know and and so when you're an adult you know you're supposed to know the things you were taught as a kid right and that actually segues to you know that portion of 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 people that are in the probably the most tumultuous time in their life people who go transition to college right you know and and it's everything they were ever taught when they get there will be challenged absolutely so i guess i guess what is so what is the what is, what is faith as as far as Christ how he taught it right. and what he meant by it and how the the fathers of the church the, the 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 saints the holy people how do they describe faith and them and surely through that we can find right. the 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 answer as to how we should also approach yes. it would you yes. agree I I would agree I would agree and I think that um, I think that the the fragilization of our faith humbles us hmm. because because counterintuitively the certainties that we feel like we need to grasp with a tight fist mm-hmm. right yeah are actually oftentimes ways for us to be in control hmm. in a sort of like self-deifying kind of way so in in many ways i think letting go of the certainties and humbly saying, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Ah, that's what you mean. Right. Yeah. Get opens up yeah. 
cracks in the pavement for the pavement of our of our kind of so what you're saying is don't be afraid to have a little unbelief don't be afraid to accept your frailty fragility your frailty your fragility um, which is a, a product of the age in which we live yeah don't be afra- afraid to accept the reality the concrete reality the concrete, fragile reality <laughs> in which we live, right? <laughs> Oxymoron. Right. Yeah. Don't be afraid to but do it's that. True, as 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 frightening as it may be, mm-hmm. because we have to accept, humbly accept this environment, and then when we do that, it's then in this acceptance of that that the real God, the real and living God, made manifest through the person of Jesus Christ, within the context of the church. Right, can reveal himself. So to give us. us the example from the gospel, right? Uh, which you just referenced to. Right. So so this this person comes to Christ asking for healing on behalf of a loved one. I think it was his son who was a demoniac. I don't remember exactly the context, but it was something like that. And um, and Christ asks him, well you believe mm. that this can be done essentially right? right and this is a very crucial moment this this question of do you believe do you have faith mm-hmm. um, because for this man it wasn't black or white mm-hmm. it wasn't well yeah of course I believe you could do anything I have total faith in you right Right. Like we oftentimes feel like we should have. Right. Right. Like yeah, yeah. like we beat ourselves up all the time saying, well, I should be able to believe. Um, I try to believe, but I can't, mm-hmm. you know, and therefore I'm just going to give it all up and right. to heck with it. To heck. Um, or conversely saying, you know, well, yeah, it go, kind of goes back and forth between that pe- that pendulum of either, you know, I should have this certainty and this kind of perfect faith or. I'm never going to have it, so I give up, whatever. There's an in-between, and that in-between is find that small mustard seed of faith. Find that tiny glimmer of faith in your life, whether it was from your childhood when, you know, you said a little prayer to God and something happened, or, you know, that, that confirmation, that affirmation that there's something more, that there's someone more in your life, as small and as insignificant and as minute as it may be, identify that Mm -hmm. and say I believe it may not be a big belief it may not be a big assurance it may not be a big thing it may be as tiny as a hope a frail feeble hope that there is something more someone more Mm -hmm. and in that identification in that that awareness of that tiny little seed of faith ask humbly for more faith right and realize and recognize that's what he did that's what he did. Yeah, that it's not on you, which is a twist, really, in the in, in what we you would expect. Yes, like you said before. Yeah, sure, I believe. Yeah, it's either like, yeah, sure, or are you kidding me? I I don't yeah, believe. This is my last. I'm doing this because they. I don't believe, but sure. Right. Exactly. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you say. <laughs> whatever you say. Yeah. So that either or, you know, haunts. Us. I it, think it does. It, it haunts us that that I, I either right. should be hot or cold. You, you, and I and I and, and I think that that there's you know you feel guilty. You feel guilty. You feel guilty. And Especially if you've grown up in the church and you're right. suddenly you're suddenly faced with some doubt or some you know 
challenging. I, absolutely. Yep. You feel very guilty. Uh, but also the 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 ability to discern that you feel guilty. Right. That's good. Yep. Because um, you 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 have the well discernment to identify something's not right. I don't feel right. Yeah. You're unsettled. And, and I think that uh, and I've seen a lot of you know kids you know when they go and they've they've been challenged and they come back and they said I just felt it felt so wrong. Right. I felt bad because of the way I felt. <laughs> right. Right. And that that mustard seed that you're talking about, that that little bit of even turning it around, a little bit of faith, if you have a little bit of faith. Yes. That mustard seed can can blossom as yes. well. Yes. So so it, it again, nothing's black and white, and I like how how that you know it could be you have a lot you have a lot of faith, but maybe you doubted and you feel guilty. Right. Or you have a little bit of faith, but that little faith can become a lot of faith. Right. And that a lot of faith that you had or that you think you had growing up in the church, right? In many cases, and I don't mean to, you know, if, if someone didn't have this, I don't want to put, I don't want to kind of sort of project that on them, but, but in many cases that, um, that amazing faith that you thought you had, that's now being shaken, right? right? Isn't faith in the utmost definition of the word, what it is, in, in my opinion, is um, to use kind of psychological language. It's this idealized image mm. that we have of ourselves mm. that we ought to be perfect. There's an ego. It, so like so it's the, yeah. So it's it's this sense that I ought to be God without oh. God. Um, I ought to be perfect, even in a religious sense. I ought to have perfect faith, and because and because I grew up in the sure. church. Day one, you know. I was... Yeah, from day one, right? Like, there's no reason why I shouldn't have perfect faith. And I have this subconscious idea of myself as being this perfect believer without <laughs> any doubts. And the the day that that idealized image starts to be attacked mm. and that there start to become these chinks in the armor of my idealized image, now all of a sudden everything starts to shake. Right. And my whole foundation starts to shake. And... And oftentimes crumble, right? Right. So, so this is the crucial moment: is what do I do when my idealized image has crumbled? Yeah. As far as faith is concerned, right? And I think there are different responses to that. There's the one response, which is to say, "To heck with it all! I don't believe in anything anymore. I'm just going to go off and be something else, or a nihilist, or whatever, and just kind of rebel against any kind of faith." Or any kind of you know religiosity or anything like that. Um, another one is because you're so terrified that it's that your idealized image that this armor has sort of crumbled, you start to try and piece it back together again, hmm. and you start to try and recreate this idealized image in a very manufactured, very kind of self-centered yeah. kind of way, right? And and that is a a very agonizing sure. process. But there's a third way. I think the third way is the way of this man in the gospel who in, in sort of being challenged by Christ in this very real and very hard way, do yeah. you believe, right. right? In other words, Christ in many ways you could say shattered his, any potential for an idealized image this man had by asking him, do you believe? He just, he raised it with a Z to the ground, right? 
instead of either just saying to heck with you lord or or yes 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 i believe i believe let me reconstruct this image you know in this very kind of panicky way he said he 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 looked at the ruins right he looked in the rubble he looked at his own heart the yeah the 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 rubble that that was the idealized image in in, and then his heart and soul in the midst of that beneath that Mm -hmm. and he 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 found that kernel, that ember, that that burning ember in the rubble, that was whatever tiny remains or whatever tiny mm-hmm. kind of yeah. seed of faith that he had, and he said, "Yes, I believe." But then he looked around at all the rubble, the crazy, destroyed sure. image that he had, and he and he gave it all to the Lord. Right. Instead of trying to reconstruct it himself, he gave that seed and everything else to the Lord and he said Lord help my unbelief help my unbelief that's a powerful prayer it's a powerful prayer and what did it produce he healed the the son of this man right so if we ever want any real effective powerful action from God in our lives whether it's physical healing whether it's spiritual healing whether it's emotional healing whatever it is yeah um there's that process of of allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and yeah. allowing ourselves to to recognize our and humility exactly, which is all humility. This right. whole thing is right. Humility. We're all talk- that. That's I what think, we're talking I think that's about. That's the yeah. That's the core of it all. I offering up my broken right, imperfect offering I, I, to the Lord. I, I, I offer up my fears. My fears. I offer up my my anguish. My 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 anger. Even sure. Just offer it all up, and 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 let go of yourself, and let him sort of uh, rebuild all that. Yes, that's fallen apart. And and I think and this is an interesting point that I've contemplated before: is in, in the midst of offering up all the fears and the anguish and the brokenness, which is the unbelief, you could say, is is associated with the unbelief. We 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 are finding. We're, we're first striving to identify that kernel of belief, of faith. And that's hard. That's, that's a hard word in, in many ways because it's like we're, we're not called to have this perfect, huge faith, right? We're not, that's not what God is calling us to. But I think there is something about looking for that ember, that, fl- that tiny flame as subdued and suppressed as it may yeah. be inside of us looking for that um, before we offer up all the other crumbled stuff. Mm-hmm. I think there's something about identifying that to offer yeah. up with everything else that is very powerful about this story, right. I believe. Yeah. Is there is there even the tiniest flicker of hope in God or hope that there is a God or or childhood story, as I was saying before, that I prayed and something came true or, you know, some sort of small flame that I can say, I, I do believe as small as it may be, as feeble as it may be, as mm. weak as it may be, I do believe. Yeah. Help all this other stuff that I have going on here. Yeah, and allow allow God to strengthen you. Exactly. Yeah. So we have to we have to offer something. We have to offer him and it's not even a matter of having to offer him something in this kind of imperative kind of way. It's what what can we offer God? as small, as feeble, as fragile as it may be, what small flame of light and of hope 
and of faith yeah. in something more than ourselves and something beyond ourselves can we offer up to God in the midst of all of the rubble of our brokenness and our imperfections and our sinfulness. And yeah, and and what what does he want? What does he want? A broken and contrite heart God will not despise. Right. So he wants our heart. Yeah. He wants that beautiful heart that he created that's been marred by sin and imperfection and ego and the world and that is now not rebuilt in some manufactured you know, egotistical way, right. but now broken and contrite, that's in humility offered up back to him, right. um, is the is the pleasing and acceptable offering that, that he desires. Yeah. And I think that that's something each person has to contend with on their own. Right? There's no, I don't, I mean, as many books as you read, there's really no... It's not like building something from Ikea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's, it's, uh, it's, there's no manual. There's no manual, really. Right. There are principles. There's, there's, there, there are guides. There sure. Are, um, but it's more of a self-discovery thing, isn't it? Yeah. And, and you have to, we have to all come to this place in ourselves where we deep down, deeply believe and, and acknowledge that we cannot be our own gods mm. mm-hmm. it's not going to work it's not, it's not effective it's not sustainable um, and that ultimately we come to this place where we have accepted that we have acknowledged that and we have surrendered ourselves to the living God the creator of the universe the only one who can actually sustain nourish empower us to be um, who we were meant to be otherwise anything short of that is agonizing and chasing after an illusion and we'll never actually find what we were looking for but when we offer ourselves to God as broken as imperfect but as there as we are we will be restored recreated sanctified renewed rejuvenated all of those beautiful <laughs> things and god yeah. not only will those things happen to us but god himself will make his abode so within us so really simplicity and just turning to him turn to him for help that's it and he will help you that's it it's it's so simple the modern mind can't contain it. Exactly. It's too simple. It's too simple. I don't like it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but it's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful because when we do that, we realize that that's what we were created for. Yeah. In that moment of surrender, in that moment of, of, um, of turning, of turning ourselves to Christ, uh, we're filled with that presence, with that peace, with that... And, and I think that's really comforting, and I hope it's comforting for everyone, you know, in any, every stage of their lives. Um, and especially, f- uh, you know, I keep going back to to young people yep. in college, only because I guess we were just, I was just, you know, we were, I was not that old. Me neither. You know, so uh, and that 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 stage of life is really tough. Yep. You know, for people, you're not settled. Right. And who you are and the world around you. In fact, you probably just moved away from home. Yep. And so that 
that comfort that just turn to God, give time to him, and every time you need him, he's there listening. That and 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 that uh, what does the one prayer him say? The hymn, Meth Imon Otheos. God is with us. God is with us. Right. Uh, we we put our hope in no uh, earthly mm-hmm. power, other you know, but only in God. Yeah, know, it's the hymn exactly. And that that's so true, though. So, so true, so true, and. Uh, and it could help us psychologically because we can go insane and you know going around in circles. Literally, you know, um, with everything, life is uh, tough. tough. Yep, yep. So you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be that perfect, you know, squeaky clean, nope. have all your T's crossed and I's dotted, Christian, right? Right. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's okay to to be broken, to be humble, to be contrite, but we can't stay there. We don't try to fix everything. We try to offer it all up to God. Right. Um, we, we, in our brokenness, in our humility, in our imperfection, we give it all up to God, and we are perfected and sanctified and enlightened and strengthened and unified by God to God. And that's the point of everything. Mm, profound. Well, I think that wraps up the conversation. I think. I, I believe so. I, okay. <laughs> I, I have faith. That you have, do you have faith that the conversation, the conversation is, is done? Over. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you all next time.